people who have credibility with young people should be on the television, on the radio, uh, as much as we possibly can and telling these youngsters that it's wrong to carry a gun and that if you have information about people who are carrying guns, you've got to share that with Chief Thomas and with his people as well. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. We also want to uh, have a hotline that we will set up and have the number of that hotline that would just go out there and that would be something that people would have emblazoned in their minds so that when they see a gun or become familiar about the facts of a gun crime, they would call that hotline and pass that information on. That Orwellian and authoritarian clip was that of none other than Eric Holder in 1995. Anti-gun brainwashing isn't something new. It's been present in America in a similar form that exists today since the 1960s, but the methods and consistency in which the anti-gun message has been delivered since then has dramatically increased in scale, complexity, and deviousness. Join me as I discuss the heavily biased mass media coverage against firearms and their blatantly obvious quest to falsely portray gun owners as enablers and brokers of criminality, terrorism, and death. The Second Amendment Liberal Podcast. Welcome back to Episode 7 of the Second Amendment Liberal Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. Today we're going to be covering the copious amounts of anti-gun brainwashing that is endlessly put out by the mainstream media. In the aftermath of the horrific mass shooting that occurred at the gay club in Orlando in 2016, the news media went into a frenzy attempting to demonize semi-automatic firearms and conflate their ownership with that of being a cold-blooded killer should you possess any. It was during this period that many of the gun illiterate public sought out information from these media organizations to better understand guns. Unfortunately, the news is the absolute worst place to seek education pertaining to firearms. You'd think their big budgets and almost unlimited resources. The likes of CNN and USA Today would be able to procure and release factual information that exists on the same plane of reality that we do. This is why I'm convinced their coverage of guns is nothing more than an ongoing intentional disinformation campaign. There's no possible way these organizations, filled with educated and intelligent people, don't know what they're doing. A perfect example of this is the infamous article entitled, What is it like to fire an AR-15? It's horrifying, menacing, and very, very loud. Written by Gersh Kuntzman for the New York Daily News. You're in for a treat today. Instead of me sitting here and simply reading the article to you, I shall present it in the form of the Second Amendment Liberal Podcast's first-ever anti-gun theater reading. Enjoy. It felt to me like a bazooka and sounded like a cannon. One day, after 49 people were killed in the Orlando shooting, 
I traveled to Philadelphia to better understand the firepower of military-style weapons and hopefully explain their appeal to gun lovers. But mostly, I was just terrified. Many gun shops turned down our request to fire and discuss the AR-15, a style of semi-automatic rifle popular with mass killers such as the San Bernardino terrorist Syed Farouk and in similar capabilities to the Sig Sauer MCX rifle used by the Orlando terrorist Omar Mateen. But Frank Stelmach of Double Tap Shooting Range and Gun Shop invited me, videographer Michael Sheridan, and reporter Adam Schreier to come down. Stelmach is not like many gun lovers. He admires his weaponry, yes, and has difficulty explaining why law-abiding citizens need a gun that can empty a 40-round magazine in a few seconds. But he also hates the idea that bad people can get a hold of a gun like this and use it to kill without difficulty. There should be expanded background checks, extending into your family, friends, and associates, he said. And there should be a mental health screening. In Europe, if you want to buy a gun, you have to see a doctor for a psychiatric examination to see if something's not right. Stelmach, who opened his shop six years ago, after a career in law enforcement in Europe, also said he never sells a gun to someone who looks a little funny. And he claimed he had prevented many guns from getting into the wrong hands because the would-be purchaser asked stupid questions like, what happens to me if the gun is stolen? But very few gun shop owners do anything close to Stelmach's sniff test. And he acknowledged how easy it is to find another gun shop owner willing to make the sale. Very easy, in fact, as Philadelphia Daily News columnist Helen Ubinas showed today. You can get a military-style weapon in seven minutes in this country. Stelmach doesn't think it should be easy, but he thinks it should be allowed. Guns don't kill people. The wrong people kill people, Stelmach added. We can't blame the weapon. He loves the AR-15 for cops, soldiers, hunters, and target shooters. It's fun to shoot something like that, he said. Not in my hands. I've shot pistols before, but never something like an AR-15. Squeeze lightly on the trigger, and the resulting explosion of firepower is humbling and deafening, even with ear protection. The recoil bruised my shoulder, which can happen if you don't know what you're doing. The brass shell casings disoriented me as they flew past my face. The smell of sulfur and destruction made me sick. The explosions, loud like a bomb, gave me a temporary form of PTSD. For at least an hour after firing the gun just a few times, I was anxious and irritable. Even in semi-automatic mode, it is very simple to squeeze off two dozen rounds before you even know what has happened. If illegally modified to fully automatic mode, it doesn't take any imagination to see dozens of bodies falling in front of your barrel. All it takes is the will to do it. 
49 people can be gone in 60 seconds. I know, theater isn't one of my strong suits, but I hope I captured the hyperbolic nature of the article and did it justice. It's pieces like this one that make me question the motives of the media. Remember the retired general that was put on CNN to vilify the AR-15 by demonstrating the fully semi-automatic mode of the weapon? There's no way he didn't know that isn't a thing that actually exists. There's no way the fact-checkers didn't notice that lie. All he did was pull the trigger faster. If I shift gears in a sports car a little faster than I normally would, does that make it a manual automatic? One of my favorites is USA Today insisting grenade launchers and even chainsaws are readily available for you to attach to your AR-15. It's things like this that are intended to intentionally confuse those who have tuned in to learn and turn them against guns. Anyone denying this is naive. There is an agenda at play here. Sometimes the media crosses the line from absurd disinformation into suggestions of dangerous and even illegal activities. One such example of this was an article written over at Huffington Post by a possibly fake group called Betsy Riot, who have seemingly made it their mission to dehumanize and harass gun owners. In the article, they actually went as far as to compel people to steal firearms, to remove them from the streets. The article was so off-the-wall crazy that, to Huffington Post's credit, it was eventually pulled, though the fact that they would publish something like that in the first place goes to show the depths of anti-gun devotion to insanity. While Trump's insistence that everything in the news that is even slightly critical of his performance and character as being fake news is obviously absurd... But I'm not entirely opposed to the idea that these mainstream news sources are more often than not comprised of actual fake news, especially when guns are concerned. Be careful where you get your information and actually go out and take courses and classes from experienced professionals that will actually teach you what a gun is and more importantly what a gun isn't. This is your host Brad. Unfortunately, we don't have any advertisers at the moment. Thankfully, Patreon has us covered. As most people are aware, social media entities across the internet are clamping down on the ability for gun-related content producers to fund their projects. Your support on Patreon gives those of us here at the Second Amendment Liberal Podcast the ability to keep the lights on. As this project grows, expect interviews with interesting and notable people in the gun world, reviews of cool gun-related products, and travel to locations around the country to get the scoop on stories that otherwise would be out of reach. I have big things planned for the future of this podcast, folks. For $3 a month, you can pledge your support on Patreon. As things develop and take off around here, there will be all sorts of tears and perks. If you find yourself unable to support us monetarily, hey, that's cool. I understand. I know money is tight for many people right now, and I just appreciate you listening. Go to patreon.com slash 2A Liberal Podcast, the number 2, the letter A, Liberal Podcast, and become a patron today. Thank you very much for listening. All righty, everyone. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you around next time.